Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAVE to get started. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts. At the 50, at the 10, at the 5, still going. Look at the line. Bullseye! It's a Buffalo touchdown! What's happening, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of Bullseye, the UB Bulls football podcast. Once again, as always, I'm your host, Kyrie Demos, and today we've got a special signing day episode. This past week, the Bulls just finished up their uh, early portion for the 2022 class um, with their February February signing. So, you know, the, the bulk of the class is together now, but there's still a few scholarships left to hand out um, before the fall uh, season comes about and fall camp and everything like that comes out. But you know, it's been an unbelievable, unbelievable recruiting class by everybody's metrics for UB. 24 recruits coming in and, you know, According to 247 Sports, this is the highest rated class in, in program history for the Bulls. Um, something definitely to be lauded. Tons, tons of three star recruits. Um, you know, it's a it's a class that's got a little bit of everything. Um, and, you know, there's actually, you know, a theme to a little bit of it for for the uh, Bulls. But you know, I, I took note of it. And, you know, there are a few things that really stood out to me about this uh, incoming class. You know, first and foremost, you know, just talking about the transfer route, you know, obviously the transfer portal is something that's so new to the uh, college game and, you know, something that's really grown in the past, um, you know, four to five years. But just thinking about some of these names and in, in terms of, Kids coming from power five schools. You've got a kid like like Justin Marshall, wide receiver, coming in from Louisville. You've got Caleb Alford, um, you know, a DB coming from Notre Dame. You've got Elijah Blades coming from Florida, and also you know an A and M former A and M player who played under Coach Mo during his time there um, in College Station. And you know, just just thinking about all these guys, you know, it's a it's a a, a class of um, ten. Uh, transfers, you know, to compound on top of the 14 incoming um, freshmen um, for the, from the uh, 14 member class that signed in December. So um, really, really big names um, school wise. But, you know, I think just the opportunity that these guys have now to be able to come in and potentially compete for starting jobs right away. I think it's something that needs to be um, accounted for. You know, I think about a guy like Desmond Besant, um, the offensive lineman, 
uh, grad transfer from San Diego State. You know, he's a guy who comes in, he had 20 games of game experience um, with the Aztecs. Um, so, I mean, it's just things like that, just, you know, that, that, that stands out, you know, a guy like, uh, Booby Curry coming from Arizona, you know, he's a guy who he's appeared in 26 games, um, for, for the Wildcats. And, you know, he made eight starts, um, in his tenure there, you know, he, he scored three touchdowns last season as well. So, I mean, just, just these guys that come in with experience, I think that's so important, um, and just talking a little bit about that, you know, that's another theme that I wanted to mention. You know, those guys coming in, you know, yes, they they bring a lot of experience. But, you know, just the fact that 18 of the 24 recruits coming in for the class are already on campus at UB, you know, that's a huge deal. Um, I think, you know, this is something that's really grown in the last handful of years with how the these guys being able to come in, you know, establish themselves, develop with the coaches, you know, grow in the weight room and, you know, strengthen conditioning portion of things, you know, get themselves ready to go with spring ball, learn the playbook, things of that nature. Being able to have that a full semester under your belt, getting your class schedule and course load um, taken care of as well. You know, I mean, those are things that just help you um, and, and make things that much easier once the season rolls around. So I think that's something to be lauded as well. Um, just, you know, another theme that I really wanted to touch on for this episode is this wide receiver class coming in. Man, it looks like this could be one of the deepest receiver rooms that UB's had um, in, in the FBS era, let alone in program history. You know, just thinking about, you know, when you factor in, like I mentioned, Justin Marshall, Booby Curry, Trey Hines also coming in, Nick McMillan also coming in. Those are guys, those all, all four of those guys I just mentioned, you know, Nick McMillan, who, you know, went down to uh, Maryland for, to, to take the prep route, um, as well as Trey Hines, who will be coming in, um, from my mistake here. Uh, he's coming in from California, uh, at the college of San Mateo. So, you know, these are some guys who aren't necessarily coming in as freshmen, um, in terms of, you know, coming straight from high school, but at the same time, they've got extra years of eligibility with the COVID season. But, you know, just thinking about all those guys, all those guys being three-star recruits, all those guys adding to a wide receiver room that also will be bringing back Keon Williams, uh, the Bulls leading receiver for from 2021. Giovanni Ruiz Navarro may be healthy as well. So, I mean, there this looks like there could be a lot of juice um, out wide, you know, something that, you know, and not to be critical, but, you know, I think that's something that was left to be desired for the Bulls, you know, especially following the 2020 season where Antonio Nunn really showed to be one of the premier receivers in the Mid-American Conference. And, you know, Dom Johnson was a guy who, you know, really stepped up his role and, you know, hey, he definitely showed improved and was, you know, being able to switch from quarterback to receiver. He showed that he could um, bring some some uh, validity to the position as a you know possession receiver, but at the same time too, you know it just seemed as though that there might have been um, something lacking um, in terms of the explosion um, in the receiver room. Uh, so I, I'm glad to see that the Bulls have brought you know some 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 guys that really are going to be able to come in and compete right away, and not only compete right away, um, they should be able to produce right away as well. So. It'll be exciting to see how that all works out. You know, one of the other uh, themes that 
you know, I've really noticed from this class. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it just goes to show Coach Mo, he's a defensive minded guy. He's a defense, defensive minded coach. And, you know, of the 24 recruits, 14 of them were on the defensive side. You know, can can you tell that he's a defensive coach with, with you know, numbers like those? But, you know, all jokes aside, um, I think it just goes to show, you know, we, we've talked about it a million times at this point, you know, for Coach Mo to come in in last May and really try to put the team together, put the staff together in such a short period of time. And, and this is no disrespect to the 2021 team, you know. Coach Mo was really just playing with the deck that he was handed. You know, now that he gets a full off season, a full recruiting period to really build up his own program, you know, I think it's something that 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 really will we'll see the the fruits of his labor coming more so this season and in 2023 rather than the 2021 season where, you know, let's face it, you know, he he really only brought in some of the transfers that he did, you know, right going into the summertime. You know, it wasn't like the the bulk of the the roster was his own construction. And again, that's no disrespect to the 2021 team, but just saying, you know, those weren't necessarily his guys that he brought in. So, you know, there's always just a little different dynamic with that. So the last piece of note that I wanted to add um, for this, uh, you know, recruiting class is, you know, it always comes back to the quarterback position, you know, the most, most important position in sports, the most important position on the football field. And, you know, to be able to get a guy like Cole Snyder um, coming back home, first of all, you know, for, for all you Western New Yorkers and Buffalonians out there, you know, Cole Snyder is a graduate of Southwestern high school and, you know, a two time first team, all Western New York selection, you know, had the, has the, single season touchdown record for a uh, touchdown pass record for Western New York, a record that was first held by Joel Akata, um and Naaman Roosevelt as well um, that he uh, broke. So, you know, it'll be cool to see, um, you know, how Joe helps bring Cole along as he, you know, returns home and everything like that. Um, and, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see as well. Obviously Kyle Van Treese, we wish, we wish him well. He's committed to Georgia Southern now. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, it was needed for, for a viable quarterback to come in, you know, to compete with Matt Myers. And, you know, I think he's the guy that, um, you know, gives, gives the Bulls some flexibility in terms of, you know, what they want to do, because, you know, whether you continue on with Myers, um, as your starter and, or vice versa, whether come, Cole comes in and is the starter now, um, you know, maybe you use Myers in a package role like he was earlier in the season in 2021. So you never know. But just the fact that you have a solid two deep now at the quarterback position, I think that's an important thing. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's really what stood out to me about this class in particular. Um, you know, also too, before, before we move forward. Um, so we are going to be getting into the zoom session impressor that we had um, Wednesday with Coach Mo and, you know, just his thoughts on the class and, you know, a couple questions that I got to ask him during the the Zoom session. But, you know, we also have to acknowledge, you know, some of the guys who are heading out um, from UB, you know, Eric Black, uh, Rowan McGuinn, uh, Talik Battle, Quillen Housie, Jalen Housie, uh, Juan Keith Aiken. Uh, Nolan Gore, 
Gorzika, 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 my apologies on the, the mispronunciation there, who's actually going to be uh, reuniting with Lance Leipold down in uh, Kansas. Um, we've got Colby Burrell, also Chris King, um, as well as Bensi Polgar, who will be heading to Missouri. Uh, Tyler Stevens will also will also be joining him, uh, starting tight end for the Bulls. Um, Trevor Bozinski, uh, quarterback. Corey Gross, uh, safety. And uh, Tyree O'Neal, who was just who just entered the portal on January 26th. So still uh, a lot to be decided for many of those guys. A lot of those guys are still undecided on where they're headed. So, um, you know, we'll, they'll, it'll definitely be something to, to keep an eye out on um, as the, the spring uh, rolls on soon. Um, but again, you know, it, it's, it's uh, just thinking about this class. This is really, um, I mean, I don't mean to be hyperbolic, but you know, this really could be a trans transformative class for the bulls and could be one that, you know, sets Coach Mo and the program up to be in line for their first MAC championship um, win in 14 years. You know, the 2008 Bulls were the last team, first and only team, to claim um, the MAC championship for the program. You know, very close. the The program has been very close and on the doorstep several years. Whether that's the 2013 season, whether that's 2018, and in 2020. Um, both of those seasons losing in the MAC title game. So, you know, it'll be, um, you know, something to keep an eye out for. You know, this team really has a target on its back. I mean, to think that UB had a recruiting class within the top 70 in the country. Now, think about this Syracuse was rated, I believe, just above um, at 65. You know, UB was ranked 66th in the country in terms of, uh, it's a recruiting ranking according to 247 Sports. And think about that. That's a obviously both New York based schools, but the fact that one school, you know, is in is in what's considered to be an academic conference while the other is partaking in a you know, one of the Power 5 conferences in the ACC. So it's just it's just unbelievable to think, you know, the type of pedigree that uh Coach Mo brings to the table. I mean, you know, his reputation really preceded itself. Um, you know, he came here, obviously his experience being here before, but also his experience with A&M and Mississippi State and, you know, Minnesota and, you know, coaching in the NFL for a season. But the fact that, the, you know, that Coach Mo was coming in, a lot of evaluators, their biggest, biggest, biggest um, proponent in, in, you know, the thing that they wanted to highlight the most with Coach Mo was the fact that he was such an excellent recruiter. And hey, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Now it's really just showing today, um, this week, you know, with the class that he's put together so far with his staff as well. I think that's something that also needs to be lauded. Um, the fact that Coach Mo was doing this all with, you know, all while, you know, there was some tur uh, turnover going on. You know, the fact that, um, Coach Mike Daniels, running the running backs coach, um, headed to Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, being able to replace him with someone like Greg Knox, who, I mean, his resume, it's it's almost laughable when you think about, you know, all that Greg Knox has seen in the game of football. Um, he literally coached in the SEC from 1995 um, until this past season. You know, coaching from at Ole Miss initially from 1995 
um, until 1998. Then from there, he went on to coach at Auburn from 1999 to 2008. Um, you know, some really strong. He was a part of that that very strong um, 2004 uh, team for Auburn. You know that um, you know won a national championship. Um, then just fast forward to 2009, he was able to uh, help out with um, Mississippi State. Um, and he was there from 99 or from 2009 to 2017. And, you know, so his time, his tenure overlapped with guys like Booby Dixon, Dak Prescott, um, Nick Fitzgerald, you know, helping out with the running backs and, um, with the special teams unit as well. But, um, and he also was able to, he, once he left Mississippi State, he went to Florida, um, from 2018 to 20, to, from 2018 to 2021. Um, but I think, two things that need to be noted with that is the fact that he was able to be an interim head coach on two separate occasions. The first coming in 2017 um, with Mississippi state, you know, he was able to lead the program to a, a win in the uh, tax layer bowl that season, you know, helping the program finish 19th overall in the associated press rankings. And then last year with Florida, um, he was able to take over once Dan Mullen was let go. That's really one thing I want to salute Coach Mo as a young head coach, you know, obviously entering only his second season as a head coach. I want to commend him for bringing someone on on his staff that has prior head coaching experience. Yes, it's only three games that coach um, that coach Knox had, you know, the reins uh, with uh, Mississippi State and Florida, respectively. But just the fact that he went through two separate bowl seasons as the head guy, I think that's something that's really important. So, you know, and just the fact that he, he's got SEC ties, I think that that really supersedes a lot, um, you know, when, when it comes to his experience um, and just about any other guy's experience that, you know, may come through pro, uh, UB's program. You know, and, you know, also, I, obviously, I talked about you know, some of the other turnover that's gone on. Um, another uh, name to note is Brandon Bailey coming in as the DC for the Bulls. And, you know, just the fact that, you know, his connect connection with uh, Coach Mo dates back to their time in Texas A&M. Um, you know, he he's definitely come up um, in recent years. You know, he was a defensive assistant with A&M over the last three seasons. Um, and, you know, he helped uh, Mike Elko before he went over to Duke. And uh, yeah, so they, they uh, Coach Mo and, and, and Coach Bailey, they were on staff together in 2019. So, and, you know, just thinking about some of the ranks that A&M's defense had last year, um, it's really just goes to show why he was brought in. Um, you know, he was just a GA, quote unquote, you know, as a defensive assistant, but he helped this defense to be fourth in total yardage um in the country last season uh 14th in yards per game allowed sixth in yards per play second in touchdowns allowed 13th in the nation and third down percentage they tied for 13th in the country with defensive and defensive and defensive touchdowns my apologies and then ninth overall in sacks per game so you know he definitely has a strong resume and um really helped the Aggies to continue on what they've been able to do um, now that uh, Jimbo Fisher's over there. So, you know, it's it's definitely, a, it seems like a, it could be a very uh, productive hire for the Bulls. And, you know, the fact that he's got some connections and continuity with 
um, Coach Mo. I think that's something that will help um, the Bulls and be and help them be able to improve the defense from where it was a season ago. So, guys, before I ramble on from here, uh, I just want to get this uh, going for you all, this interview with Coach Mo, um, some of the questions I got to ask him and things like that. Um, but before we get, get to that, got a quick ad read for you. So please enjoy that. And uh, co- the Coach Mo interview is after that. So enjoy. What I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a GOAT on the field. He's a GOAT when it comes to investing, too. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest just like the GOAT with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. Art prices actually outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2021. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR in 2020 and 2021 from the sale of just two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Plus, you can get priority access with our game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Uh, Good afternoon, guys. Um, Yeah, excited about uh, where we are as we continue to add names and build uh, towards what our recruiting class uh, is going to look like for the completion of this season. Uh, really proud of the work the coaches have put in, and the and the and the family members that have decided to uh, to join uh, join uh, join our family here at UB and and be a part of what we're doing. We do feel like uh, you know we're waiting to see, and I'm kind of checking my phone. I think this may be the number one ranked class in the MAC when it's all said and done. We are currently number two, 24 signees, and um, oh, uh, you know, truthfully, on our, on my end, we still have a couple scholarships remaining where we're going to be able to add some names. Uh, throughout the spring and summer in hopes to building what we feel like is going to be the uh, best recruiting class uh, come August, right before the season. Um, but currently sitting at number two in the nation, really proud, of, excuse me, number two in the MAC, really proud of that. And uh, looking to take over the number one spot in this league uh, in terms of this recruiting class, uh, 24 total uh, signees or newcomers that are joining uh, 10 transfers that are coming from four year schools, five from junior college, um, seven from high school and two from prep school uh, down in Virginia, and um, like I said, we're still going to uh, still going to make some additions uh, with with the few remaining remaining scholarships we have throughout the spring and summer. So uh, with that, I will uh, I'll open it up. Hey, Coach Kyrie Demos here from Bullseye UB Bulls football. Hey, Kyrie, how's it going? Day. Good. 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 Just um, first question, Coach. You know, you talked about it briefly. You know. This class is regarded as, if not the best, second best in the MAC um, for 2022. You know, just when you think of the short term, but also the long term, what is it that excites you most about this incoming uh, recruiting class? I mean, you just look at the natural, you know, from a practical position, just playmaking ability. I mean, it's all over the roster. Offensive playmaking ability, defensive playmaking ability, and a lot of proving playmaking ability that whether, you know, they had this history of doing it in high school and they have a history of doing it at another university. Um, you know, there's a lot of 
connections that were kind of rekindled from prior relationships. So, you know, like Elijah Blades was one. Caleb Alford, the corner from Notre Dame, was one. Uh, just a lot of guys that we had relationships with from just from our years of coaching and connections with that from a from a, a ability standpoint and then from a leadership and culture standpoint, we just feel like it's a great mix. It's a great mix of gr- guys. You know, Justin Marshall, our wide receiver we got from Louisville. I mean, day one, he's at the front of all these lines, and he's an older guy that's done it. He's excited to be here. You know, you sit down and talk with him one-on-one, and you just feel like that natural connection with some of these guys that that you know that uh, – that, that I'm what they're looking for and they're what I'm looking for. And it has a chance to work really, really well. Um, so we just feel you know excited about the ability and the connection and uh, what we have the opportunity to do now. And, and we're laying the foundation and putting in the work and, and, and really trying to stack these days together of, uh, of, of what it takes now uh, to put ourselves in a position throughout off season to lead up to spring fo- football, learn what we need to learn, get ourselves ready this summer, have an outstanding training camp, and then put that foundation to test throughout a championship season is what we believe we're going to have. Sure. And I'm glad you mentioned, you know, so many of those transfers and, you know, obviously we we've talked a little bit about it, you know, it's a, a really prolific transfer group, but you know, how sweet is it also knowing that, you know, you're going to be getting your leading rusher back from last season as well. You know, obviously he was in the transfer portal, but for him to decide to come back, you know, what type of, how does that compound with the type of transfer class that you have coming in? Well, that's, you know what, and, and it's a great point. It's, it's, listen, this is recruiting starts in your own locker room first. And, um, you know, there are three guys that were in the portal that are back on our roster now that we're really excited about. Gabe Wallace, our starting offensive lineman, uh, Mike Washington, and, and as well as Dylan McDuffie. And we felt like that, um, you know, just uh, being able to go through the process, being able to have this, to have the sit down conversations that we were able to have, they're healthy, really good discussions about, um, you know, where guys were at in their career and what they wanted to do. And those guys making the decision to say, you know what, coach, uh, we want, we want to come back. We, we believe in what's going on and, and they, they believe in their role and how they're going to be used. And, and they chose and they asked, can we come back out of the portal and come back on the roster? Uh, we feel great about, you know, you know, maybe those additions, if you want to call it that first, because that's where the recruiting starts with retaining big time players. And we feel like we were able to retain. Uh, some great players that that uh, that we feel like can help us win football games, and we feel like we can help develop and build them, and to help them accomplish their goals as well. So that's where the recruiting piece of it starts in your own locker room, and then you know, and then you got to add the right pieces from outside of the locker room, and we feel like we got a great mix of that. Absolutely, and then you know, last but not least, coach, you know, you mentioned it as well. You know, phase one really just getting going now yep. um, with uh, the offseason program. You know how. With, you know, some of these guys being able to come in right away, yep. come right into on campus, you know, and being able to join the team, how much of a jump do you feel that will help the team um, in terms of elevation, you know, just going into, you know, the 2020 season? Yeah, I just think from a cultural standpoint, like, you know, good players can help you win a game, but you need culture and leadership to actually really win championships. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what's happening in, you know, through our first four phases of our offseason program, the the ability to just to have a team meeting and lay out the vision of what we want to do for the 2022 year. Mm-hmm. You know, what does the month of February look like? And then being able to lay out the clear objectives that we need to accomplish as a program and organization in the month of February. Here's where we are, guys. These are the expectations. This is what we have to get done in the month of February. This is what we have to get done in the month of March to continue to move the needle. 
Uh, hey guys, listen, on Wednesdays, you're going to be able to come to my house and have some wings with Coach Mo and the family and, and, and relax. And then just be, those kind of things, you can't, they're priceless to be able to sit down, have conversations, look guys eye to eye, as opposed to maybe, you know, having to get guys maybe, you know, over June and July when you have this mix of, you know, the seasons right really upon you and you can only do so much in so much time. Um, so the off season is critical. The off season is paramount to your overall success. Um, and, and we're just excited that we were able to add around 20 guys to come in uh, new uh, at mid year to join us through that journey and to go through that phase one, two, three, and four of our off season program to connect the locker room, connect the coaching staff, connect the coaches, the players, and put us in a great position to go attack the summer the way we want to attack it. Thanks as always, coach. Thank you. And before I let you all go, this is just a reminder that today's episode was presented to you by Bet Online, your favorite online sports book. Now remember, horns up and go Bulls. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.